Hey folks, Shane here. I just want to let you all know, a little disclaimer here in the beginning, that uh, this podcast episode goes over some heavier topics than normal. We go over uh, <laughs> politics and religion at the beginning, which is kind of breaking my own rules here. But um, later on, we actually get into some very serious topics, things that I think need to be talked about. But I want to like give you a forewarning. If this is not something you're comfortable with, uh, there are going to be uh, timestamps that you can skip to to like not have to deal with that stuff. Or um, if it is something that is uh, useful information for you, there's also links and things that are going to be in the description of the video. So please, please, please uh, pay attention to that. And uh, without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome everybody to podcasting players. It has Hello. been it's been a hot minute. Uh, I've been I've been a busy boy. Been busy, and uh, unfortunately, I haven't had as much time to do the podcast as I would like. But um, as I said the last episode, I wasn't going to do another podcast uh, until I got this guest on because our last guest, if you recall, was Tori Draw Stuff. And Tori has Tori. a best friend. Yeah, Tori has a best <laughs> friend who happens to go by the moniker Flying Fox Girl. Flying Fox Girl. Welcome Hello. To the show. No, you can just call me Tori's best friend. That's that's also that's very also valid. that is yeah. also fine. Um, yes. Now you are. I didn't do like a, a proper intro of like and this is a YouTuber who blah blah blah. So let's just get yes. into that so people can get to know like who you are and what you do. Um, who are you yeah. and what do you do? Well, actually, I got this job entirely uh, on an accident. I'm actually not a YouTuber, so I actually don't know why you invited me here today. No, I just, I do funny little content. I do little clips from my D&D campaigns, that sort of thing. I've moved more towards TikTok over the years. Um, just doing a lot better there. It's, I feel like there's a lot more free-flowing uh, interest in the game the still there. The algorithm is for sure yeah. better on TikTok, yeah. For sure. So, uh, but m my main channel would be Flying Fox Girl on YouTube, and that's where I post my, my silly little romance videos. That's primarily what I'm known for, so. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, you've yeah. been pigeonholed into that subgenre yes. of D&D &D content. It's fun. It's it's quite fun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. you've been, uh, how long have you been doing YouTube? Oh gosh. So that's the funny thing. You know how every YouTube creator page has like a, this creator joined in like this year or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you look at my channel, it's technically like 2012. Like it's, it's a long time ago. If you look at my channel, um, 
I've started doing this though my my junior year of high school, so that was like six years ago now. It's, almost, a, it's a 2011, by the way. I just checked. Yeah, 2011. <laughs> Whoa, you're up to date on the the flight. I had it open because I was like, if I need to look up a video or something, I need yeah. this here, and then I'll, like, well, I'll just see when this is like. Ooh, even earlier. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I remember being a little kid, and I was like watching my little weird like Yu-Gi-Oh AMVs, and I was like, I want to do that yes. when I grow up. Naruto. <laughs> Yes, yes. Sasuke versus Naruto when they're still kids right after the Chunin exams or whatever. So, so good. Do you know how many music... Audience, do you know how many music videos (laughs) exist of just that fight from like the first season of Naruto? It's incredible. It's honestly... There's about a thousand. There's like seriously like a thousand of the same scene music videos of different songs. It's amazing. My real ones, they were all into the AMVs. You're, you gotta be a real one. You gotta get back That's, into AMVs. That harkens <laughs> back, listen, old YouTube was mm-hmm. nothing but AMVs, mm-hmm. vloggers, mm-hmm. and, like, people posting video responses to each other, arguing about, like, religion and other shit. Like, that was... Oh, you're so That right. was religion. That was, uh, YouTube. <laughs> that oh, was and then just, an like... time. Yeah, and then just, like, you know, home videos and stuff people wanted to post, but... Yeah, um, yeah. I was recently thinking about the fact that there used to be an old genre. I don't know if you remember this, but I, I definitely do from when I was a kid. There was a genre where people would just put like regular songs, but the image would be like an anime character that they would like white out and then they would just have like he- like string headphones and always be like, I Naruto or like, I Yu-Gi-Oh. It was so weird. It was this weird little subgenre. And I was been thinking about that. I'm like... That that died. Like, where did? When am I gonna get that energy back? When am I gonna get just the weirdest subgenre? I mean, you know, there's that lo-fi girl channel. That's kind of like oh, that. Yeah, I guess that's like the spiritual successor of that in a way. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's a good point. It's a little bit of a higher production value, and it's it's its own thing. It's not <laughs> ripping off of the properties of like Toei Animation or whatever. But, yes, exactly. Um, Love yeah. That. Man, old YouTube was fun. Uh, so you you started your YouTube journey as a viewer, and I'm guessing I don't know how old you were in 2011. I don't want to guess, but you I was didn't a wee start making. Baby. You were a wee baby, but mm-hmm. you didn't start making the videos until your junior year in high school. Yes, that is correct. I of course made stuff when I was a kid too, but I was way too shy to put it up there. And then I got into D and D my junior year of high school. And from there, I, you know, like most of us, we were like, oh my God, Dingo Doodles is so cool. Wait, we can do that. And then just started drawing my own story times from there. And it, it kind of just went from there. It was really interesting. Uh, but yeah, junior year of high school. It's weird to look back at now because I'm a junior in college. So very, very strange for me. <laughs> You'll always be mm-hmm. a junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always. <laughs> yeah, it's... My my junior year in high school, I was <laughs> I was an avid like like super aggressive like atheist that would debate anyone about religion. <laughs> I had long yeah. hair um, and real bad acne, and uh, I was just uh, I was insufferable. I was terrible to be around. And so you were an I'm, icon. You were an icon. Is what I, was, I was. I was <laughs> <Yeah>. a mistake. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> my po- what I mean is my personality was a mistake mm-hmm. that I wish I could go back and take my teenage self and just shake it by the shoulders like you fucking moron. You look so lame. <laughs> 
But, uh, I think it's I important when it. we have those, though. I, like, it's it's good to have phases because then once you're out of that phase, you get to look back at it and you're like, yeah, that was cringy, but like now I know, like maybe not to do that. On top of that, maybe I got into something I really liked at the time. So I mean, like, yeah, yeah there were aspects of my personality that were like were kind of similar, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like I had a lot of the same nerdy interests in like video games. Like that didn't really change. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. like, oh, and I love cartoons. I've always liked cartoons, but like. My uh, attitude was just mm-hmm. kind of snobbish, um, and I also I was one of those I was one of those edge edge lords that was like mm-hmm. into shock jock humor, you know, mm-hmm. anything offensive. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, if it's for the sake of being offensive, then it's funny. Um, as long as it, there's it no real heart behind it. Like I had this Whoa. weird little, you know, like qualifier that you can say offensive things as a joke as long as you mm-hmm. don't actually believe them but it's like but that mm-hmm. still does a harm to people who aren't like in on the joke yeah. you know like yeah so that's that's mostly the mistake i mean that and i was a conspiracy theorist but uh, no you were not wait now i need to know what you believed in i need to hear these con- i need to hear these junior year well, the, the, shane conspiracy here's theories. the problem here's the problem okay. i i was uh, if you've there's a there's a very f- kind of infamous film Mm-hmm. Uh, called Zeitgeist. Have you heard of it? Uh, yes. I don't know anything about it. I've just heard it be discussed. Okay. okay. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, you know, I don't typically talk about like p- political or, or, or stuff on, mm-hmm. on, on the show. So all I'll, I'll just kind of sum this up. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who know, you know what I'm talking about. For those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the out of loop here. So. <laughs> this is a, this is a conspiracy film trying to blow the lid on the origins of Christianity, basically being ripped from other religions. Also, Yeesh. 9-11 was totally an inside job. Oh and uh, what was the third part? I think the third part was just like, uh, the government sucks. And this so, is like, incredible. This and then they incredible. had a re- they released the second one where they basically hit up that the Federal Reserve it shouldn't exist, and then some other stuff. <laughs> and then they were like, at the end, they were like, we need to transition to a resource based economy, which is a cool idea. Never, yeah. it's never going to happen, but it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Might mm-hmm. be able to happen on like a, a another planet if we ever like <laughs> colonize, but not on Earth. Yeah. Um, so, so what what does all this mean? Here's here's the thing, the 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 film itself. <laughs> Was trash. As in, they did not have good sources. They did not cite good sources. They had sources cited, but a lot of it was super biased, was not like, it was very like clearly pushing this agenda, right? Um, Mm -hmm. However, despite that, some of the stuff that was a conspiracy theory could actually be true. Because uh, like, no, as no. in, as in, like the 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 Christianity thing. Like, yeah, when yeah. Christianity started to like pop off after Constantine mm-hmm. was like, hey, I, I guess what Romans were Christians now. Like, yeah, they started pulling from all the different popular pagan religions, like uh, different traditions and stuff like that. So they were actually like Jesus is said to have died in the springtime. Oh no, 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 mm-hmm. no. So he was said to have been born in the springtime, but they moved it to December twenty. 20- 5th or 22nd or something to make it more early appealable. on yeah because they had the winter solstice and yule and mm-hmm. all those other like pagan festivals so they were like well let's just chunk it together with that so there is precedent of them molding the religion to kind of take in these traditions that people already had so that they would easily convert mm-hmm. um so that's actually verified but yes some of the other true. shit was not <laughs> and uh the 9-11 thing Hey, I wasn't there. I don't know. 
<laughs> you happened, went personally hey, there. What happened with Building <laughs> 7? That's weird. Anyway. Yeah, uh, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of strange. Um, and then, uh, I th- you know, personally, I think it's... No, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk No, 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 I want to hear. I like being, I like I learning think about these I, things. I, my personal opinion on it, mm-hmm. as someone who knows fucking jack shit, is that mm-hmm. we had an incentive to take down Saddam for oil because he wasn't following what <laughs> we wanted him to do. <laughs> Right? This is not at all where I expected us to go, but I'm loving it. Continue. We had, we had an incentive to take him down because he wasn't doing what we wanted him to do after we gave him mm-hmm. a slap on the wrist after the Persian Gulf War. He still wasn't fucking doing what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that the military, the US military, caught wind of plans for terrorist attack and were willfully ignorant of it. I don't think that they set it up. I don't think that they even sponsored it. I yeah. think that they just <laughs> plugged up their ears, closed their eyes, and went la 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 and let it happen so that they could use it as an excuse. I don't mm-hmm. know if they understood how big this attack was going to be. Um, but Did I they think let it happen? That, that seems the most likely to me because I feel like the, uh, <laughs> the US government, it would be a lot easier to just pretend like you didn't know something was going to happen then yes. it would be to actually orchestrate something like that like that seems like a lot more of a difficult thing to pull off mm-hmm. um but anyway done with the conspiracy talk <laughs> i i was in deep in high you, school. you went into the deep end you just dived back into that that yeah, was to amazing the, to the point that i would mm-hmm. i would debate people about mm-hmm. like re- especially religion i was super oh into gosh. that are we allowed to talk about that? Because I've got some interesting some things to say. It's nothing to, bad. You know what? I, I fuck the rules. We can do what we want. Okay, Look, cool. I'm, but I'll just say this. I have now, I've since, I've had a lot of debates with fundamentalist mm-hmm. Christians because I worked with them oh, uh, while, I, while I was like right out of high school. I like worked yeah. in a, a coffee shop owned by evangelists. Oh, uh, like no. Baptist. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. And they would hire uh like teens from their church essentially some of mm-hmm. them who were very much in a bubble like living yes. like homeschooled bubble you yes. know what I mean? yes yes um, yes i do know i got I- burnt out on debating that stuff after oh, like two years and i'm like i'm done i'm comfortably just an atheist and i don't care what other people believe just don't fuck mm-hmm. with the laws and don't force me to do what you do and we're good yeah I mean, that's probably a, a good topic to have now because they're thinking about overturning Roe versus Wade, which we won't get into. But um, religion and law, maybe keep that separate, you know, maybe. But besides that, um, I actually, fun fact about the Flying Fox Girl, I went to Catholic school all of my life. My entire life I was in Catholic school until public university. So no longer in that bubble. But I find that super interesting because... Was I think your, the, wait, wait, wait. Was yeah. your account, did your account used to be named Praise Jesus Girl? Was that, was that you? God, no, no I kidding. was, I was, I was Girl Defined, actually. It was me and my best friend. <laughs> actually, like, but, uh, yeah, Christ no. 211 or <laughs> Yes. Eucharist lover. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I find that super interesting because we probably would not have been friends, unfortunately, in high well, school. But I was Catholic. You never know. Like my family. Were you really? Catholic. Yeah. I went to catechism stuff and I actually had an interest in reading the Old Testament because they had more interesting mm-hmm. stories. It wasn't all about Jesus. A lot of worship. murder. Yeah. It was a well, lot of murder. Yeah, okay. The, the, right <laughs> right in the beginning it's a lot of murder. <laughs> There's a and, lot of murder. But like I was reading like the book of Samuel and I was like, mm-hmm. this is pretty good. Like this is a, this is like a this cool mythological decent. story. Yeah. Like I kind of like it. Um <laughs> 
and I and I remember the nun that was uh, that was like teaching us. She was so happy that I was like reading the Bible, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> I'm You're talking bored about Jesus, but cool. there's this guy named Samson who like ripped down a fucking yeah. pillars with his strength. Like that's cool. I don't know about you, but that's that got my interest. No, the Old Testament's got a lot of really good stories like that. It's 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 far more interesting from a narrative standpoint, I would say. But you're correct in that matter. Oh my god. Anyway, all right. Or I'm <laughs> sorry, everybody who's had to just sit here while we talked about religion, religion and, and politics. politics, like old men. <laughs> I, I should I should clarify too. I send guests a little blurb that yeah, has like, in no it. Politics. Hey, let's avoid these yeah. topics, and we completely <laughs> breached that within the first twenty minutes. So. We're yes. done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. Let's but move on to a, a we more. Will, we can, what, what we'll end this tangent on is we were mm-hmm. we were both embarrassed of ourselves in high school. That's exactly normal. that That's, is that is the end line of that yes. story. It's that we had a moment. We had moments. Yeah, and we 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 had to grow mm-hmm. as people. Um, this is true. But <laughs> what, how how you don't have to grow is uh, away from your love of TTRPGs. Um, this is true. You can grow what, towards it. When did you uh, learn about? Dungeons and Dragons? Okay, that's the funny thing. So I learned technically my freshman year of high school that it even like existed. I was spending a night at a friend's house and she was like, we should make D&D characters. I heard that that sounds cool and fun to do. But like we had never, we didn't even know how it worked. So we just looked up like... school and like your Catholic friend is like, hey, let's revive the satanic panic. No, no, no. She was Mormon. So it was even even worse. It was a Mormon girl and a Catholic girl that were like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. This is my (laughs) freshman year of high school. I find that so painfully ironic. But it was, it was me and her. We were at, we were having a sleepover. We were like, yo, like, let's, let's make Dungeons and Dragons characters. But we didn't even know how. We just, like, Googled, like, how to make a D&D character. And then we understood none of the rule building. So then we were just like, okay, let's just draw them. And so that was technically was my this, first D&D character. And this was during, like, fourth edition and stuff? Like, Yes, this was during, okay. like, like fourth edition. And we had no idea what was going on. We barely knew how to play the game. Like, it was barely a game. We just drew characters. We were like, they're in a campaign together now. They're doing things. That's it. I didn't get into real. It was, it was a glorified OC. Is all it, it was. really was. It was, <laughs> it was a. It was an excuse to draw a funny little elf girl with like a, a dagger, and that was it. That was like it was a good. <laughs> it was fun. But speaking of the satanic panic, I did have a teacher in my Catholic high school that me and my best friend, who was my DM at the time, and is still my DM and one of my best friends. Uh, we played together. So it was it was a group of Catholic school students that were playing Dungeons and Dragons. We were just like, well, we know this game is bad. Like, we're not doing anything wrong. This guy was like straight out of the 80s. So he, when he found out that we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, he was like, that's Satan worshiping. <laughs> like right in the middle of class. And we were like, hmm, what? What, what did you say? What, you want to run that by me one more time? Because we had, like, a dice with us that day or something. We were just, like, rolling it around, like, showing people, like, yeah, like, look at this, like, funny little game. And I, I think he thought we were, like, trying to convert people to, like, Satanism or something. It was it was insane. It was literally insane. Was this, way? this was a student or a teacher that said that? A teacher. Teacher. Oh, my God. Did, yeah. did he, like, follow up on it? Did he, like... No, he, he kind of left us to be. Funny thing about it is that my DM... Uh, my sweet, sweet DM, who is still my best friend, he was like the most 
perfect student in high school. Like everyone loved him. He literally became prom king. I'm not joking. And he was like the the favorite student of this teacher. And so he was like, okay, fine. Like if, if my favorite student wants to play Dungeons and Dragons, fine. Like maybe it's okay. So I don't know. Maybe we taught him so- something about tolerance that day. I have no idea. But he was he was not quite into the idea of us playing the Satan worshiping tabletop game <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for any who don't know, and and it's it surprised even me. So some pro- mm-hmm. probably don't know about this who are like new to the game. But the eighties <clears throat> saw D and D maligned panic. by all re- sorts of religious groups because they mm-hmm. assumed that it was uh, a way to worship Satan. Yep. So D and D didn't get to have as big of a boom and growth that it wanted to have because mm-hmm. there was like an active campaign against it by like uber religious people yeah um thankfully that is since subsided the panic has has faded away um and all those little cag school kids are playing D two now so yep. <laughs> clearly and, satan and, won yeah. <laughs> satan wins again satan wins he always wins um, oh my gosh but yeah uh so what about mm-hmm. art uh we know how you start with D, but like have you always been into art or is that a more recent thing like uh yeah, no, I've, I, I mean, again, I was like an AMV kid. So when I was younger, I was constantly drawing anime and stuff like that. Uh, as I got older, I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to do science and math full time. Like this kind of makes me want to lay down and never get back up. So I'll do art instead. It was interesting because I was a stellar student in high school. I was a like a 4.0 GPA, like perfect A's in all classes. And then my teacher's like, oh, like what schools are you applying to? And I was just like, SCAD, Cal Arts, <laughs> like, like the most stereotypical art schools. And they're like, you sure you don't want to do like, like chemistry or you don't want to go to like an Ivy League? And I'm like, I want to draw pictures. <laughs> like that was, that was me in high school. <laughs> uh, and I'm currently in school for graphic design. So Still in the art degree, still doing art, love it, have loved it since I was a kid. It's super fun. Just like, honestly, it's a, it's a dream come true. Am I going to get paid well for it in the future? No, absolutely not. Well, (laughs) hold on. You're going in for graphic design. You could make a lot of money doing graphic design. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of advertising. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do advertising. You gotta work for commercials and and Mm -hmm. clients and stuff like that. Um, It's not... As fun because you don't get to do your own stuff is the problem. Yeah. But that's where the money's at. It, it's true. That's I think that's what my my idea was when I was applying to colleges my senior year because I was like I do want to be an artist, but I don't want to actually like starve to death. So I was like, okay, I'll do something where there's like a nice intersection between what I love and and having to give up a little bit of my soul to corporations to keep the lights on. So mm-hmm. that that is the goal of still being able to create, but but not perish <laughs> i guess that that's graphic design for me uh, uh. yeah i've met several people who've entered like graphic design programs and mm-hmm. i've learned i've picked up a few of the the tips and tricks that they've they told me which helped me like design stuff for their channel and, mm-hmm. and other things and uh i hate it i hate the whole field uh mm-hmm. no <laughs> I, that's valid I, me too <laughs> i i understand its importance i understand that there's real not science behind it but it's like mm-hmm. it's a honed art like there's oh, for sure there's a lot of proven theories with that stuff and i still hate it um yeah it's surprisingly a lot of math i mean 
Maybe not surprising Maybe that's if you why kinda I know. Hate it. Maybe that's what's <laughs> bugging me. I hate math. <laughs> it's it's a lot of math and a lot of words. And I'm like, I signed up for colors and shapes. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot. But uh, in in college, I've met a lot of interesting people. One of my professors actually works for Wizards of the Coast, so I got to work with someone who Ooh. has done art for the books. He his art is actually in the player's handbook. He did the uh, the Burning Hands illustration that's in the Ooh, back. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that like vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's just cool because once you go to that next step, once you start more actively pursuing something that you enjoy, like you get to meet people who are in that field and it, it's kind of cool, like working with these people that you admire. And that's just super interesting to me to like see what he does. Cause he'll, he'll come in and he'll draw his like silly little D character. And then he's like, anyways, um, F F F do better illustration. I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Not actually super chill, but that's, that's what goes on in my head. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very cool. I will say, like doing art for stuff like wizards is a kind of a dream of yeah. of many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It's a very cool thing to do. I think a concept art. Yeah, concept art is cool. Like, mm-hmm. It's all important. Look, if you're an artist and you're like, I like graphic design. That that's cool. Awesome. Power to you. Uh, mm-hmm. I just like it doesn't excite me like I understand its importance and some stuff can like look better with some graphic design principles sort of like worked into it. Uh, But it is it is like a math. It's like turning art into math, which is why I don't care for it. You know, I totally feel you because, again, I went into this field to do art, just art. And I I always I kind of knew there was going to be a sacrifice there of, of sort of not being able to do as much of what I want. So. A lot of us in the graphic design field feel the exact same way that you feel about graphic design, where we're like, this sucks, but it's still doing what we're able and love to do. And it, it's just surviving off of that talent, off of that skill, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a trade, just like anything else. It really is. It really is. It, it's a bunch of little silly students with their with their thrifted clothes and we're all just going to a coffee shop to just draw random things and then going back to class and being like, John, look what I drew. <laughs> That's it. That sounds funner than my college experience at the very least. What did I, you go to college for? Creative writing. And really? we would write things and then they would get, we'd have like a round, you'd print off a bunch of copies for the people in your class and then they'd mm-hmm. rip it apart. They'd rip your writing <gasps> apart and tell you no. how, how bad it is and what you should change. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Um, that was like a critique circle thing. Yeah. No, that's because <laughs> they want to like destroy bad habits in writing. Yeah. Um, but like the kind of writing that they promote is the kind of writing that's most boring to me. It's like all drama. It's all... Uh, sort of like serious emo bullshit. Oh, um, yeah, because that's what all the the people in my class wanted to write was just like super like deep and dark, yeah. painful shit. And I'm like, what about <laughs> fun stuff about a wizard yeah. on a journey? Like, I want to read about that. But then that's like too cliche or like unrealistic. And I'm like, but that's fun. That's funny. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And like, and I, I probably sound very bitter. Like I, I'm not pretending like I was a great writer by mm-hmm. any stretch. Like a lot of those criticisms hit close to home, and I was like, okay, you write about that though. I could have done that different. But then mm-hmm. that just let me believe, like, okay, 
I have a lot of trouble writing like flowery language to describe surroundings. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to write novels then. I'm just not suited for it. I don't have the mind for it. Ooh. Uh, tried poetry, hated it immediately. I'm like too cryptic. Say what yeah. you mean. Yeah. <laughs> just ta- just speak plainly. I hate this. And then uh, I did playwriting and I actually did really good at that mm. um, because it's mostly dialogue and dialogue is more plain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I liked dialogue because it was more natural sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to be as flower with the language. I just, you just need to, the, in order to make dialogue good, it needs to feel real. And in order to feel real, there needs to be conflict and there needs to be like logic behind it. Like mm-hmm. even illogical characters have a logic behind, behind how they're written. A, yes. a, it wasn't like if you're writing for, let's say an insane person, you aren't insane when you write that typically. Like you mm-hmm. there's thought put behind what the insane person says. Yes. Because the writer is not insane. So like there is a an art to dialogue in that sense. And I apparently was very good at that because I got an A plus in my playwriting class. And at the end of the class, they had actual stage actors come in and do script reads of our plays. And everyone mm-hmm. had one of their plays, their best play, basically have a script reading. And I was the only person who had two read. Oh. Because she thought mine were that good. I'm very happy about that. That makes me feel good. But it also, there was, there was two things I, I kind of took away from that. Number one, mm-hmm. I don't like theater, though. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So as much as I like writing scripts, I don't like doing – I don't want to write for the stage. Like I, that's yeah. just not where my heart is. And okay. two, there is a there are a lot of other mediums where this type of writing is actually really good. Like, for example, uh, videos and, you know, movies and, and podcasts, things like that. podcasts because this is all scripted as we this know. This is 100% yes. scripted. Yes. Um, <laughs> It is, uh, it like you really got my candor down right. Like, you you really made it sound natural. (laughs) Yeah, even writing that part that you just said right now was like really challenging for me. I had to, I had to like think outside the box. No, I totally understand. I get it. I get it. He's a very gifted writer, though, is is this moral of said story. No, I, I, I find that super interesting, though, that you're amazing at playwriting and you cannot stand theater. I, I love that. It There's just... A sweet irony to it. Because it, it's boring. It, you're right. Like, you're right. Uh, like, I'm sorry for all who love theater. I, I like, would write these scripts and as I'm writing, I'm like, what would be interesting? Like, what's going to hold my attention? So I had, like... I had twists, I had reveals, I had moment pause, like pauses, like where there was a lot of tension Mm -hmm. um, and implicit meaning behind like two characters, like staring or doing something in the same space. Like, you know, there was a lot of stuff where I was like, you know, I know how to make this interesting because this is what would interest me. Mm -hmm. um, And it's what plays and theater generally don't do no Um, you're right though because i was in theater all of high school so another reason we wouldn't have been friends but other than that like i was a stage manager i never did the acting all i did was like lighting sound getting things on stage keeping things running you know like basically the the problem solver the mom of the stage really and there were some plays that i just sat through and i was like this 
sucks. Like, this is not good. This isn't fun. It it can be so boring to have to sit in an audience for, like, 40 minutes at a time and and try and understand some dialogue that you just have no idea what they're even talking about. You're just like, hmm? What is going on? What is this? So I get that. Theater is hard to write for, and it's even harder to sit through, so... Yeah. Um, and, and th- you know, of course, I only wrote like shorts, you know, like mm-hmm. little mini plays, scenes, if, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't like, I'm not like an experienced playwright or anything. So I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like talk down to people who do write for that type of stuff or like or mm-hmm. talk myself up like I'm equal to them. Like I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it was the only thing in my creative writing degree that I saw that I had any innate ability that I could mm-hmm. cultivate. But then and you since it to then, YouTube. And then I applied it to YouTube. That's mm-hmm. right. So, like, uh, I do that with... How do you feel about scientific writing? Where does that fall? That is the main reason I don't do science, even though I like science, besides math, is that the writing is so hard to get through. Yeah. It is yeah. so difficult to just, say, you know, you know, it's a YouTube channel mm-hmm. that impresses me to no end. Which one? Overly sarcastic productions. Yeah. <laughs> they make that so good. So entertaining. You take oh two people, a history historian, not even a history mm-hmm. major, a historian and like a, mytholo- a mythology expert, okay? Mm-hmm. And they both go into source documents that are dry and hard to get through and then present it in a way that's palatable to everybody else. That is such a hard thing to do, especially to do well, which mm-hmm. they do very well. It's amazing how well they do. And I I commend them for having the patience to fucking do that because I, I would never... And they were part of Bards for Bards. Bars for Bards. They were part of our they little. Were. Yeah, that was crazy when they showed up. Everyone was like, "Yeah, red and blue are here." I'm like, well, "What? What? Huh?" They're, yeah, what? they and Joe Cat. Joe Cat's like friends with everybody now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but back Joe then, Cat they were they were friends with Joe Cat, and they came because because uh, he he invited them. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of like, Joe Cat, I think he's a professor in graphic design or something. I I heard it get mentioned very a shortly. A professor? Like something like that. Like he either majored in it or taught it. He has it, a master's. I know he has a master's yeah, in it. I guess he could be crazy. a professor with a master's, mm-hmm. I suppose. It's it's always weird to me when I when we talk to people in our community and they're like, oh, like I'm a lawyer, like I, I'm a copywriter, I, I'm a secretary, like all these very normal jobs. And it kind of just hammers in the fact that like <laughs> D&D for us is very much just a passion. We have like these boring, normal life jobs on the side where we're like just just average everyday people and then we come home and we put on our, our wizarding cap and we're like i'm going to guess fireball now let me transition over into the dorky side it's things like that like joe cat being a master in graphic design i'm like no fucking way no way it's, it's weird to me every time it, it comes up which is regular things we're, we're just regular people at the end of the day we're just regular people folks yeah. you know some people do this <laughs> as a full-time career some people do this as a hobby mm-hmm. um and some people uh did it once and blew up and were like okay that's it i'm done <laughs> i'm done <laughs> that ha- that's happened a couple of times now mm-hmm. with people that blow up and then just we're like where'd they go I know I'm still subscribed to some of those people. I'm I'm still waiting for the next update. When you when you guys gonna get it out? Come on, 
I'm waiting. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey everyone, uh, this is Shane in the editing room, uh, which is technically the same room that I do recording in, so this is Editor Shane here, giving you a little disclaimer about uh, sort of the direction of the podcast. This has been kind of a <laughs> an interesting podcast in the, at the outset, but uh, we're about to get into some heavier topics. Uh, so this would be a content warning for any of those who are a bit sensitive to topics surrounding mental health and suicide. In the description of the video, as I said at the beginning, there are uh, resources for anyone who is struggling with mental health or thoughts of suicide. Please, please, please seek help. Do not uh, stew on that stuff alone. We're going to talk more about it here in the video as well, but uh, I just want to let you know listener you you right there who's listening to me right now who's had a tough time hey you ain't alone you're not alone okay reach out talk to somebody it's it, it sucks when you isolate yourself i've been there uh and i've seen it happen with people it's just it, it doesn't do anyone any good it's not going to do you any good uh it's it's important to kind of Knock yourself out of those 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 negative loops. Anyway, we're going to talk about it. This is the content warning. If you would like to just skip this, you can skip to the timestamp uh, in the, again, description. It's also on the screen. That'll show you where you should skip if you want to just not uh, go through that. So uh, without further ado, here's our talk about uh, mental health and its importance. I mean, I, I'm sure some people thought I quit. Because I spent like a month without uploading anything. And I haven't really done animation work in a bit. Mm -hmm. For people who don't know, like, uh, after I, I moved, uh, I had a, couple, a hard couple months uh, with some people who died in my Ooh. life. Yeah, some real dark stuff. Kind of so not not the best. It's, it's you know, it happens to us all. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's just one of those things. And Was this recently? This was recent, yeah. This was oh really my gosh. recent, actually. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's all right. I mean, I'm not trying to like you know bring down the mood or anything. No, I, but I get um, it. Mm -hmm. for anyone who like, I don't think anyone did. But uh, on on Fridays, uh, I used to. Uh, we, we've moved to Sundays now, but uh, I would play like Pathfinder Second Edition on um, a uh, Twitch channel called The Bard's Playhouse, mm -hmm. and um, we had a a player in that game. Uh, who played Dirge Mountainhoof, who was like this half-orc uh, monk, like, druid barbarian dude. Like, it was very cool. It was basically a, a strength-based monk with, like, druid powers. Yeah. And um, he uh, was played by a guy who on online called himself Just Jake. And Jake was, like, super cool. He was, like, the tech guy for the show. <laughs> um, just an all-around sweet dude. And uh, we took a hiatus. Um, because some people were moving and there was just, it was a natural spot for us to like take a break. Mm -hmm. And Jake, during the hiatus, uh, kind of quietly withdrew from everyone and then took his life. That's, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. And it hit us all pretty hard. And then very soon after that, uh, a relative of mine died. And so it's just been tough. Producing content when you're sad is hard, people. It's the worst. It's, it's real hard. And, and I'm, I've got, I have had some other projects that I had to work on. We did a fundraiser, my uh -huh. girlfriend set up for me so uh -huh. that I could like 
raise money for a tooth surgery that's happening tomorrow so I could oh, finally wow. have both my front teeth again. <laughs> um, no, because the last time we tried to schedule this, you were also getting something done, I believe, with your teeth. This is the last <laughs> one. This is the last okay. appointment. And it's it's always this podcast where we try to schedule it where we're going to talk and then <laughs> the, the, something with the dentist. That's insane. I'm like a jinx. I, my apologies, Shay. My apologies. It's, no worries. No worries. Um, but like, yeah, like that succeeded. But then that also meant that I had to fulfill a bunch of like mm-hmm. promises for uh, like little mini commissions for people who donated over $100 more. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I still have a few of these that I need to get through. Plus, I'm also dungeon mastering now and I'm making oh, all the gosh. assets for that. So for any who has been wondering, where is the content? That's what's going on with me right now. I, oh, I've my just gosh. slowed down because I have a lot on my plate. Yeah. You need to take it easy. You have a lot going on there. That's a lot. Just, Don't run yourself into the ground. But if anyone's interested in that campaign, um all of the VODs I think are still up on the part the Bard's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. So you can actually catch up if you want and watch us from the beginning play uh this Pathfinder second edition game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was called the the Fall of Plague Stone, uh, and then it's uh, Tales from Shadow Valley, uh, mm-hmm. is what the name changed to. And uh, yeah, uh, we started a new season. We got a new player. New player is great. Um, we're super excited for the new season. Uh, we miss Jake terribly. Uh, we wish he was still with us, but you know, I think he would have wanted us to keep playing and not stop on his account. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was in a very similar position about two years ago. Something very similar happened, and I also had to go quiet for a while because there's just so much that was going on at that time regarding similar stuff and. It's crazy when it happens because you automatically obviously don't see it coming. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you still have these obligations to people and people are like, oh, like, where'd you go? Like, what happened? Like, did you just stop making content you don't like anymore? And you kind of have to be like, no, it's not that. It's not like there's, I'm just going through some stuff. And it, it feels like Can such we, a, 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 yeah. <laughs> are, would you, are you comfortable if we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no, I'm 100% okay with it because one of the things that I do try to talk about on my channel is like mental health and obviously it it doesn't get as much views as like the romance stuff but i don't care it's important to me and i'm going to talk about it so i we can talk about it as much as you'd like to well yeah like uh it's it's a very important topic and Mm -hmm. right now as of recording this there's the whole amber heard johnny depp thing going on and mental health is a big sort Mm -hmm. of uh topic in that Mm-hmm. A lot of people are upset. Uh, those who like believe Johnny Depp uh, are looking at what Amber Heard's saying and saying this is like delegitimizing actual mm-hmm. issues that people are suffering from. Yes, I would maybe. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put an actual content warning, full oh, content warning for this yeah. episode, but. My apologies. I did not. No, this isn't. This yeah. isn't anyone's fault. Okay. But uh, I remember when this happened, actually, two years ago, you said that you had a friend that uh, you lost. Is that that what happened? Yes. So at the time, uh, I was just out of high school. It was my freshman year. It was literally at the start of coronavirus. My friend, who had gone up north with two of my other best friends, had very similarly um, had taken her life while she was here over break and what sucks is i was one of the last persons she had seen she had come to my house that monday she was gone by that friday and i found out through a phone call and i thought first that 
when you get that phone call, it's never like a, a great experience, but it's just like that dread sinks in. You're like, you're joking. Like you're, you're joking. Like that would never happen sort of deal. And I, I was mm-hmm. just distraught for the longest time. And it, it really did keep me from going anywhere as a person for a while. Cause when you're, when you lose someone that's really close to you, when you lose like a best friend or something like that, it, it sinks in with you that holy shit, like there was nothing I could have done to change that outcome at all. And it, it, but you can't help thinking maybe I could have, maybe she had stayed the night, it would have been different sort of things like that. And it, it just, it's when you're young, cause I, I won't deny the fact that I'm young. So I don't have a lot of like life experiences like that. That was like the first big thing for me that suddenly made me realize like, Oh shit, like this stuff can happen at any time. There's really nothing you can do to stop it. it it's stuff like that that kind of like breaks down your worldview. And yeah, like it was it was deeply uprooting and upsetting at the time. And I did discuss it when I finally came around to it because I'm like, funny, haha, funny little D&D game. That's great and everything. But like that doesn't change the fact that at the end of the day, like the game is more about spending time with friends and more about just forming these party bonds and stuff like that. And she had been in a campaign with my two other best friends. And it it, it was just weird for them too, because after that, like their whole group fell apart. And it, it was just this weird intersection for me of being like, this doesn't matter anymore. And I mean, obviously I came back to it. Obviously it still mattered, but when you play a game that's focused on friendship and like building bonds with people, and then you lose someone like that. It like sort of disrupts how you think and how you play the game. It like just breaks down a lot of the ideas that you had in your head. I don't know if I'm explaining this right. It's really hard to explain unless you like you've had it happen to you of just like that sudden fear of like this could happen at any point. And it's sort of just a reminder that like you have to appreciate the people around you. At the end of the day, this funny little D&D game is not just a, like a D&D game. It's you spending time with like the most important people in your life, people that you're going to be friends with, people that you're going to fight and adventure with. And that like means something. That that means something. So like don't take it for granted. Like appreciate that. Don't it, It's weird. It it really gave me a weird perspective on life after that of like I had these wonderful beautiful moments with her. And we would talk about D&D all the time. And after that, it just now whenever I play it, like I think about her because we would talk about that all the time together. It was like one of the things that we really enjoyed that really brought us together as friends. And it, it it's weird. It, it really is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, and it's it's tough because like. Like you said, it is it is bonding with friends. Mm-hmm. If you lose those friends, then it can make it all feel like, well, what was the point of the bonding if it exactly. like wasn't going to last? But it's like that's not you know a healthy way to look at it. It's also exactly. not really correct, you know. Like that's when you're in it, though. That's what it feels like, you know. Yeah, like when it, you're it, it was those moments, you mm-hmm. know. Like the thing is, uh, with with people who oftentimes are uh, I, like having suicidal ideation or or thoughts, mm-hmm. they aren't doing it often because of some negative feelings towards their friends. Of course They not. love their friends. Mm-hmm. They're super thankful for the friends. It is almost always internalized. There's almost always a sort of like feeling down about oneself, guilty about yes. oneself that, that leads to this thing. And so it's like 
the last thing and, and mm-hmm. there are there is the you know the arguments i've heard of like suicide is is selfish it's the ultimate selfish thing you can do no, because then no. you're leaving everyone behind that, i've heard that fair. i'm not saying i necessarily yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I uh, agree with that, what, but the thing is, when you're in that place, that is not how your brain That's, is thinking it's at not, all. It's not. It's really not. It really is a disease. Like It's not something necessarily that's easy to just get over or, or even control until you get the proper help for it. it. It's incredibly crass to say that somebody is just, you know... That they're they're selfish for doing it. That's, yeah. that's obviously not. They've made themselves believe at some point that they're more a burden on the people around them than anything. And they don't go into that headspace intending to hurt anybody. And that's right. the cruel irony of it. And and they don't and they don't mm-hmm. want the people around them to necessarily be sad. Mm-hmm. It's listen, okay, so I have never wanted to actually do anything to mm-hmm. myself like that would have taken me out of this world okay mm-hmm. however uh i i do use medication for my uh, adhd and because it is an, a stimulant that uh, affects my dopamine when i mm-hmm. am off that medication the withdrawal when it hits brings me to a point that makes me want to disappear. Makes me want to just not yes. exist. Not necessarily do anything, but like I just sort of wish that I could not have identity and just like yes. observe things and just not be a person. And like that's a very weird thing to be at because we all are, we have our identities, we are people. But like a lot of, I think, uh, people who are brought to that low place get that sort of thought in their mind. It's not necessarily that they want like oh i'm gonna do this that'll show the people who brought me down here it's like no no it's like no uh existence is pain to a me seeks <laughs> i just yeah. i it would be nice mm-hmm. to just not exist and mm-hmm. uh i hope that like the people that i love and care about can go on without me meaning mm-hmm. the people that leave us it's we don't want them to leave they shouldn't of leave. course if not. you're thinking about this please call an emergency hotline i'm gonna put the number up on the screen yes. Do not actually do this, but understand that people understand you. You are not alone. Like this is this is a very sadly common thing people go through. There are a lot of resources that can help you if you're in this place and you are not selfish. Do not feel guilty. Just don't feel bad about having to reach out for help. Exactly. And it, it doesn't matter what's going on like I think the lesson that I learned from this is like when something serious like that that happens, you take time to like cope. You take time to think about it. You take time to just live in that that moment. You you have to really embrace what you're feeling at that point, because if you don't, if you just keep shoving it back, it's going to get worse. For instance, when that happened, it was the week before I went back to college. I was so numb and i was like i well all my friends at that point were were basically skipping the entire semester because of what had happened and in my head i was like i can't do that i can't afford to like like wait because i'd already paid for my tuition at that point like i'd already paid the dorm all of that stuff and i'm like well there's no point at this point because i know they're not going to give it back to me and like i'm going to disappoint my parents if i don't go forward and i don't complete this so instead of taking time to actually heal from what happened i just went right back to school and this was the friday right before monday classes so i got up went back to class and i just tried to sit numb through all of it you don't do that when something like that happens you take time 
you have to. You gotta get help. They trust me, you're gonna want it. There is a ton of resources out there. There's just anonymous online resources that you can use if you don't like going in person. There's telehealth, there's Talkspace. It's a wonderful application where you can talk to a therapist online and it's fantastic. And I've never talked to someone that wasn't very personable and cared about what you had to say. So there's, there's ways you can still take care of yourself, even if you're not doing well, if you're not comfortable, if, if, if it seems hard to like do it in the moment, there are ways that you can be met at your comfort level. And I beg you to seek those out if you are in a place like that. Yeah. I beg you. Just, yeah, Mm -hmm. do not discount this because when you're in that place, I've, I've been there and you can hear people telling you that and you're like, yeah, but you don't know. It's like, no, no, yeah. actually, though, we do. <laughs> actually, we do. So we do be quiet. Shut up. <laughs> Believe it or not. Like my circumstances yeah. aren't your circumstances. There might be external factors that are different. Right. Mm-hmm. My brain chemistry is probably going to be different, but it's not that different. We're all still humans. We all can still be brought to a place that where we have those dark sort of feelings and thoughts. Do, of course. Do not give in to that. Even if that is what you feel most, your brain is lying to you. Your brain's a fucking liar sometimes. Please try to trust other people when they say to seek help and to not give in. Not to, Mm -hmm. you know, if it means that you have to just lay in bed all day, um, that's better than taking an action that is going to do something very, very bad. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. Um, so some heavy topics today. I'm probably going to name this episode like mental health of flying fox girl. Um, (laughs) Good. Honestly, good. Because I've always wanted to do a lot more stuff about mental health because an impression I've gotten from this community is that there's a lot of people that do need help. I mean, the stereotype is sort of, oh my God, one second. There is a guy blowing leaves outside my window. It's pissing me off. (laughs) I can, I can hear it a little. He is annoying the shit out of me. Okay, anyways. Um, I think the impression that people get with, with D&D people is that they're, you know, they're not the most sociable, that they're a bit awkward, because D&D has always been considered, like, a special interest or something on the side. So, whether or not that's true, there is definitely people in this community who definitely use D&D as escape. I mean, it's a fantasy game. Of course there's going to be people that use it as an escape. And there's people that sort of just try and fade into the game and they don't realize it, but they're kind of using the game to deal with parts of themselves that they're not always the most comfortable with. That's why I always see these jokes on TikTok of like giving my characters like my own personal flaws without realizing, haha. And I'm like, that's really funny, but like, um, actually maybe focus on them. <laughs> like maybe actually focus on those issues if you feel like you have them, because like at the end of the day, um, if this is a way that you can identify like how you're feeling about things, if this is a place that you feel safe and comfortable and acknowledged and just feel more yourself, then that's a good way to start addressing said issues. Like if D&D is the vehicle to, for you and your mental health in which you start to realize that maybe you need help with some of the problems that you have, like let's talk about that. Because that's important. There's a lot of people in the community that I feel like need that. And sure, it's more of a smaller issue compared to like what other things are going on in the game. But ultimately, I do try to make more content that's geared towards that. And a lot of time, like when I make those videos, they get shafted. They don't get that many views, which is fine. I understand that people want to see like the same stuff from me over and over again. 
but I would like to talk about that when it comes up. I want people to know that they're being seen and acknowledged and they like what they're feeling is understood because it can be a lot. It can, it can be. be a lot. The thing yeah. is, at the end of the day, D&D is a game with people and of people. Yeah. By people, for the people. Yeah, for the people. <laughs> it is, it is, people are what make the game good, not, not the numbers, not the lore. That stuff's fun. Mm-hmm. That stuff is what rounds it out. But you can't play D&D without actual human beings to play with. And mm-hmm. sometimes if you're just like, hey, let's say you're neurotypical and you get your life together and you just want to play a yeah. game and have fun and suddenly there are players in your game that are like exploring like a therapist session some of their personal flaws illness yeah hey i get it that's not necessarily what you signed up for too bad of course i'm gonna tell you right now you're signing up for if you're playing DD, you are signing up for the game but also the possibility that somebody in your group has some sort of issue that they're gonna work out through a character and that's Be okay with it. You got to be okay with that because it's going to happen. And if you're if if you cannot tolerate that, then you need to like go into a a a campaign session zero and let everybody know, hey, exactly. None of these characters can be actual reflections of who we are. Do not act through your character as yourself. Mm -hmm. We are playing. We are playing a part and writing a story together. And that's all we're doing. If that's if that's the kind of game you want to play. Right. And specify that. Specify yeah, you that have in, to be upfront about yeah. it because you can't blame mm-hmm. other people who are playing the game, not knowing that they were going to explore those issues. And then, oops, yeah. looks like I explored this deep seated issue of my personality without realizing <laughs> it. Like they're not going to say that at session zero. So you need to know no, during exactly. session zero whether or not you could put up with it. And if you can't, then exactly. don't join that game. And it's okay to set boundaries too. Like it, that's the great thing about session zero. You get to talk about the things that you're comfortable with and the the expectations that you get out of the campaign you are a okay allowed to explore a campaign that is just fun wholesome adventuring where you figure things out and you beat it at the end of the day but at the end of the day when you have character arcs when you have when you get into games that are a little more deep into the role play you are eventually probably going to touch on things like that so you have to be fully aware of that going in because nobody wants to be uncomfortable at the table that's totally okay but understand like if you have someone at the table that is going through something like that like just support them be there give them their space because even at the end of the day if you're playing with them and that person's your friend whether they're doing it through a character or not you should be there to support them you don't have to necessarily you know go out of your way to like freaking solve all their issues anything like that but just give them their time Give them their space. Be there for them. That's yeah. the thing. And for the people mm-hmm. that are in games with groups of people that you don't necessarily know very intimately. And mm-hmm. maybe you're like, well, I just wanted to do dungeon crawls. I didn't necessarily. Uh, yeah. like, Look, that's totally cool. But just be aware that sometimes you're going to have people that want to explore those things. And you, if you're going that to join the game. That doesn't make them evil for wanting it. Yeah, that's, their D&D mm-hmm. isn't wrong or bad. Neither is yours. It's just different from yours. But exactly. you're going to, like, they're not going to necessarily know that from the outset. You can make the determination from the outset. And if it is something that you're willing to, like, kind of let them explore and still have your dungeon crawls and the stuff that you want to yes. do. <laughs> just be patient with people. Let them explore those things. Understand and communicate. Good Lord. Communicate that like yes. if, if you're going to do something that might touch or uh, sort of like rub up against that very issue that the, the other player is exploring with this character, maybe send a message. Say, hey, I just want to let you know 
that my character is being rude or doing this thing, not me. I'm cool. Yes. I just want to let you know that it is my character doing this. I hope that's all right. If you want me to stop, I will stop. You know, that's so important. That yeah. is so important. God, communication can can nip so many issues right in the bud if you could just reach out to people and just let them know it's the character, not you. And like you're willing to back off or compromise if it's making someone uncomfy. Oh, gosh. Can we talk about something else that has to do with boundaries regarding communication in Session Zero? Because I've been dying to say this Let's one for a it. hot minute. Say it. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. My content is all like, ooh, they're kissing. Oh, look, they're in love. Aw. Who gives a shit? The, listen, <laughs> I imagined you, I imagined you taking like shit. two dolls and be like, no kiss, <laughs> no kiss. Ooh, kiss. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that shit can make people so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So uncomfortable. If you're doing that, tell people session zero. Like, have a conversation with it. Be like, hey, there might be the possibility of me wanting to romance like an NPC or something like that. Have a freaking discussion because not everybody at your table loves that. Not everybody at your table wants to see that. Not everybody at your table wants to even play that or bear witness to it. It's an uncomfortable situation. That is like so important. We should talk a little yes. more about that because that is part of your brand. <laughs> yes. And it's something I've been dying to say for a hot minute. Like, because I'm just like, ooh, we need to talk about this. This is there important. Is, and there is a difference too. Like, so let's let's start with the the idea of just romance in a game. Hey, guess what? Yes. You're simulating life in a way with mm-hmm. D&D. Romance yes. exists. People are married, people have children, so clearly love is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh you can't not have any sort of love unless you want to do real grim dark. I guess you could do yes. that, but <laughs> love is a thing. And you know what? It is okay for some players to want to explore that aspect of life in the game. Exactly. But it gets a little bit muddy because a lot and of people don't force it on people. Don't force you it. Don't on force people. it on people. Some people identify way too strongly with their character and then mm-hmm. get too invested in the thing and it's like, oh, back off. Ooh, okay. We're playing with yes. dolls. We're not, you know, that's essentially yes. what we're doing. We're, we're these are action yeah. figures, okay? <laughs> We're sitting on the floor and we're just playing with our little, our Monster High dolls. Also, they're dropping a new Monster High doll soon. I just wanted to mention that because Tori uh, <laughs> so, For we're you Monster High fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, like, so, so here's, but here's the, a, a big thing. And I, I've heard Brennan Lee Mulligan talk about this because he, he mm-hmm. has to role play this a lot. He says that in his games, he as DM has no problem with Players romancing NPCs and vice versa. Yes. Because the DM plays everybody. They are not only exactly. the romanceful NPC, but they're the rival. They're the bad guys. They're everybody. So they get mm-hmm. to kind of just be, they're still neutral in that sense. And they have to romance, yes. not just the person that may be like, like someone who it doesn't know them might be like, is there something going on there? But they also got a romance, like the person that's like their best friend, who's like not of the sex that they are like attracted to. And they have to like role play romance with them too. So like <laughs> there's, it's a, it's a different situation when it's an NPC and player. And I feel that in most games, and, mm-hmm. and you could tell me your opinion on this, like if you think that this is appropriate, but I feel like that is, that should be, allowed in most games to an yes. extent that is comfortable for both the dm and players mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you fully. I think it's a little muddier when you start going into PC PC stuff because that's, that's where that's, that's where, where I have issues. Muddy. Yeah, that's where I have issues with it. But NPCs, by and large, that is how I think about it. Because when I'm a DM, I I run a game every like Friday, and my game is funnily enough, despite the content I make, not at all romance focused. I don't care to put it in. I don't think it's the most interesting part of D anD. If my players want to pursue it, that's great. That's good for them, and they do. But that's not what I find interesting as a DM. But I also, when I do, I'm a part of those NPC PC romances. I think about the fact that like I'm also playing that guy's brother or his best friend or the, like exactly how you explained it. Of I'm not just playing that NPC. Like I'm playing everybody, people that like them, people that don't. It's I am. The entirety of the game, in a way. I'm the world. I'm all the yeah. little people walking around on the little me-verse. <laughs> I, it's like, I might be I might be playing the NPC that's romancing, but I also get to play the villain that kills it's, them and takes them away exactly. from you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's a little bit of both here. Yeah, so it, it, there's less, uh, it's less weird in my personal opinion. You're not as like, invested in, in your NPCs when you're a DM. You can exactly. you can let go of them much more easily. But when you're a player, like you mentioned, because that was the next mm-hmm. point, that's that is so much trickier. And and people out there, and if you weirder. are mm-hmm. if you're gonna do player and player romance, here's some pointers that I would like yes. to give to you. First of all, if you are in a relationship in real yes. life, you need to clear this with that person. If mm-hmm. they're not comfortable with you doing that then probably just don't it's just going to yes. cause it's just going to cause headaches it's not yes. worth it the real relationship is going to be way better for you than the fucking fake one Nine times out of ten, it's uh, not worth sacrificing. It don't it's not worth fucking, any sacrifice. Don't sacrifice. It's not worth any real relationship. Um, don't. So, so that's first thing you should clear. If mm-hmm. you're if you're single or your partner's okay with it, then mm-hmm. cool. Now you need to clear it ahead of time, ahead of time with the other player. DM yes. them. Hey, I think it might be cool. If this character I play and the character you play could roleplay a romance, are you okay yes. with that? And also, do you have any boundaries and things that, you know, are like no goes for you? Like, if you wanted to roleplay that, how would you want to do that? Make a battle plan or I guess a romance plan. Like, and people, <laughs> I always hear this as this, this lame ass excuse of like, this is metagaming. I'm like, I don't care. It makes everybody more comfortable. Metagaming is good when it leads to a healthy relationship with other players yeah, and your meta- DM. It is, I don't care. People, metagaming is for like mechanical stuff and I like know. plot stuff. But p- player versus player and player shit, that should be talked about ahead of time. That is, you guys are writing a collaborative story, so collaborate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just talk about it. Oh my god. <laughs> Just talk. Like, Ooh. my my friend, um, Tabaxi Cafe, who I've had on the podcast, uh, I play with um, in a Monday game uh, DM'd by Captain Cheeky called Antumbra Echoes the Eclipse, where she plays a uh, Tabaxi paladin turned barbarian named silas and silas has entered into a player and player romance with another character comet um mm-hmm. so the two gay dads and uh comet is played by vitamin Dieter, but tabaxi <laughs> Dieter. cafe like <laughs> contacted Dieter beforehand and was like hey i think this would be super cute are you cool with that and Dieter said cool guess what 
Tabby has a partner. They are role playing <laughs> yeah. it for the story and for the enjoyment of just role playing that because it's cute mm-hmm. seeing these two little action figures kith. You know, like <laughs> I think they kith. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is a way that you can accomplish this in a respectful thing, and it's cute. And mm-hmm. everyone kind of understands, like, if it ever were to get a little steamier than that, fade to black, done. Fade to black, right fade to black, fade to black, instantly. Fade to black. None of yeah. that stuff should be d- being discussed at all, personally. Yeah, yeah. That I is, unless weird. unless you're playing with a bunch of freaks who all like that yeah. as well as you, then, <laughs> you know, you can do that. But I know uh, for a fact there's probably a campaign out there that has done that. And I'm just like, y'all, I, I, I know, I, I know not. people who like to go into more detail <laughs> and I'm not really about it, personally. At that point, no, no, no. The DM just fades and the DM's playing with two monster highs. That's all I see. That's If you guys are doing that, that's it. I'm on the ace and aero spectrums. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, I can go a whole game without any of that stuff and be totally happy and, and be, fine. Yeah, and be you know? cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as a DM, you know, there are some people who want to be able to, like, romance NPCs and stuff. So, I've got to, like, okay, all right. So, how am I going to mm-hmm. do this? Uh, we're going to do a lot of different persuasion checks throughout the game and see how well this goes. Um, but like the other thing though, um, so I, I mentioned Tabaxi Cafe is like, this is a great way. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? I am now running a Curse of Strahd game. Mm-hmm. And in this game is a lot of my friends from Antumbra, but also my uh, girlfriend who was playing. And she uh, was approached by... Tabaxi Cafe in in the DMs. <laughs> Tabaxi like, is stealing everyone's yeah. Girlfriend. <laughs> she wants to romance like a, a character like Tabaxi. every game. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm and and I'm like basically approach me like, would you be okay with my character and her character being in, uh, being two gay moms? Mm-hmm. Can we do Aww. that? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because, like, I don't personally. I understand that that is something that people like to explore. I don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I'm. I am. I'm not worried in real life about about what's going on here. However, however, I understand that that's not the way everybody works. I understand yes. that sometimes people just aren't comfy with it. They're just not okay with it, no, and that's okay exactly. too. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why you need to bring it up though at your session zero. Like you have to be like, hey, are we okay with romance on the table for this campaign? If we're not, then we're not doing it. Like. That yes. should be the baseline. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, I, I, I blabbed a lot <laughs> no. about it, but that's such an important thing to talk about because a lot of like Crick Crab's horror stories are this, that uh, shit yeah, going wrong. I, was, I recently went on the Crick Crab's page and bless him, he is the funniest motherfucker. He is so sweet too. Like the few times I've been in call with him, I've always thought this guy is awesome. Like I love Crick Crab. But all like I was scrolling through a lot of his horror stories are about these romance players and the creepy things they do in game. And I'm like, that's why we need to have a discussion about this. This is why it needs to become more commonplace knowledge that you should have a discussion at your session zero. And don't do those things if people aren't comfortable with it. I feel like there's common sense about what you should and shouldn't be doing. But then again, I could say that, but my common sense is probably different from some other weirdos common sense in a like a completely I, different place i so, i can tell you what feels mm-hmm. like common sense really isn't it's because not. i yeah. discovered I, I had a i had a free trial to this website that had a bunch of pdfs mm-hmm. um and i was downloading ravenloft material from like older editions because i was like deep in the lore <laughs> and i'm like i'm gonna make the perfect curse of Strahd game yes. so i was like downloading all this stuff i came across a very disheartening document that i'm so sad to know oh. exists 
and it is i don't know the pre- uh, precise title but basically it's like sex in D. no yeah it is a complete no. mechanical system no. about how to run sexual encounters in dungeons and dragons <laughs> It is the most disgusting no. thing I've ever bore witness to. No. And when you say, oh, I think it's common sense, people know, no, it is not. Trust me, no, after looking at this, it is not. They have, it is gross. For those fucking freaks out there that want to look it up, you can. Don't say I didn't warn you. It is, it is fucking I, that, sad and it makes me lose faith in this world. I, I want to say one thing now that you bring it up. I have had players in the past who have had fade black interactions, and that's cool and everything, but we turn it into a total joke. Like, a complete total joke. The most I think I've ever done regarding anything close to that nature is um, a role for pregnancy because one of the characters, you know, was a woman at the time. And oh the, my the, god. It was a man. I was just like, <laughs> oh pregnancy role, that's it, end it. Like, consequence for your actions, move on. Like, fuck <laughs> that. Other than that, fuck no. I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about it. Don't tell me. I don't care. I don't want to I, I don't mean, fucking know. It, yeah, know. like like we, we like you said, it is something that you as a group of friends need to be okay with and from the outset. talk about it and keep it away from me. Like, keep it 17 feet away from me. No. Yeah. Unless you're making the fattest joke of it, I don't want to hear a word. Don't, don't talk to me. No. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there's there's a scene, I don't know if you've seen that community episode about Dungeons and Dragons, where um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? The one girl is playing Hector the Well-Endowed and they have to get these <laughs> Pegasi to fight the yeah. dragon, but the uh-huh. elf maiden won't let them do, like, won't do business with them unless somebody, like, Mm-hmm. sleeps with her so she like they they do a fade to, not a fade to black but a fade yeah. to like set like sentimental music as she's like visibly describing what she does to the elf mate <laughs> and like Tro- troy is like pulling out a notepad and taking notes and other people that are reacting funny. like Ugh. <laughs> That is funny to me. Like when you're when you're obviously when the intent is not at all to enjoy the scene. Like when there's no weird fucking atmosphere there of like that that player is like fucking like enjoying it. Like when it's funny and it's played for laughs, I'm a little more okay with it because every like my table generally finds that shit funny, so they laugh at it. But it, oh my god, I cannot imagine having a player there that actually ooh my skin crawls thinking about that. About, yeah, yeah. Crit Crab is a great resource to to see a, yeah. a trove of. <laughs> players like that it's 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 disgusting um but let's let's switch let's switch uh (laughs) to i think we're even after the little break that we took Mm -hmm. because zoom sucked um i think we're kind of reaching the end of the episode Mm -hmm. what i would like to do yes uh is ask you to share a a story um from one of your games if you could so yeah uh if you'd like to share like a a interesting or funny or just like cool Mm -hmm. story from one of your games you've got the floor all right i have one that i think is a a wee bit humorous one might say um i so i do run my own game i run a game called kingslay and it used to be streamed on twitch but then just we're all a little socially awkward babies so we're like okay let's just keep this between us and it'll be more comfortable we won't feel like people are watching us 24 7 that sort of stuff so we moved back to just doing it on discord and kingslay is is basically in short a game where they're supposed to get a bunch of ingredients to cure a plague and like that's the heart of it and the whole game is them going to different islands to find said ingredients 
Well, they were on one island, uh, Ellipsia, and there was murder that was going on. And very classic, like, storybook murder. There was people that were suspects, and one of the suspects was one of the player's brothers. Well, they needed to figure out or, like, exonerate him, essentially, so that they could move on and get him out of there, that sort of thing. And one of my players, Beridian, who's played by my boyfriend, um, <laughs> goes up to the the penthouse where the murder took place, and there's the officer there. His name is Jade. And Beridian is a police officer from Kingsley, from the original island that has a plague. So he goes up, but he's also like, okay, I can't tell them the truth. Because what had already happened was they broke out the brother from the police. So they're like, we can't tell him that we broke him out and that we're just trying to get the police off his ass so I have to lie to him, that sort of thing. And Viridian's like trying to ask questions about the murder, trying to get enough details for them to be able to help pitch. And the the officer, C- Captain Jade, is essentially like, uh, like, how do you know all this? Like, you're you're giving me a lot of facts about this man's life that, like, I, I didn't know this sort of stuff. And he just, Beridian, my boyfriend, bless his heart, is a horrible liar. A absolutely horrible liar in real life. Just horrible. And he's like, well, um, Pitch actually c- committed a genocide in Kingsley. And oh. we're trying to get him. And he's like, he didn't want, he was only wanted for murder at the time. So he's like, <laughs> what? He's like, he committed a genocide. And the, another thing is there's like, there's like a dragon. Like Kingsley's basically on fire. There's like 50 things going on over there at any given point. And he's like, he just realizes like he's in deep. So he just keeps going. And he's like, yeah. And he summoned a green dragon and cultists that speak infernal and the dragon also speaks infernal and the dragon is killing everyone and the officer's just like what are you talking about and he was he was just he was sinking so fast right like he was just sinking so i as the dm i'm I'm trying to be like sympathetic so i i throw in another npc hoping like okay i'll give him something to help him dig his way back out of the hole that he's made um, basically, I just threw in a woman that was one of the suspects. It was, like, classic, like, black and white, like, uh, mystery type stuff. It was just a woman that had actually been having an affair with the man of the woman who was killed. All this BS, all this BS. But she was pregnant. Not heavily. Like, she just claimed she was pregnant. She didn't look at it at all. So she comes in, and she's, like, crying dramatically and stuff like that. And she's like, officer, please, I want, like, like release me, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Viridian, love him to death, love him so much, um, goes over to her and like, I I gave him this distraction thinking that he'd like steer the conversation that way instead so he could leave. He goes over to her and he's like, this woman is about to give birth right now. I have to leave. (laughs) So, so, didn't go that way at all. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Yeah, he committed a genocide, summoned a dragon, cultist. They speak yeah. infernal. He speaks infernal. <laughs> officer, officer. Uh, she's about to give birth. I gotta I go. I gotta leave. I gotta leave. So, he's a warforged. So, essentially, they like stunned him and shut him off and like dragged him outside, type of stuff. But ever since then, like a joke in my group has just been that now the dragon first, a dragon now speaks infernal. And then there's cultists and pitch killed everyone. So, that's just one of the ongoing little fun campaign jokes that my players like to constantly prod at. So, 
<laughs> yep, that, that's, that's the story of Viridian. <laughs> that's great. I also love that uh, Viridian and Jade, both of their names are colors of green. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he said that a green dragon was, uh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, that campaign is chocked full with like metaphors and out, like bullshit. I write my shit like I'm writing a novel, but they are hilarious my group is just a bunch of idiots who just run around setting things on fire and i love them to death they're my favorite but yeah that, that, that is kingsley in a nutshell hell yeah thank you for sharing <laughs> and uh, thank you for being on the podcast of uh, course thank you for inviting me uh, could you tell everybody uh where they can find you yes so again you can find me on instagram tiktok patreon and youtube all under flying fox girl um yeah, that's basically it. I've been I've done a big job of consolidating my taglines nowadays. So just flying fox girl on basically everything, even Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for being on. <laughs> <laughs>